I remember you? I don't remember you, actually. You are a new face in my establishment, as is every single person. And does that speak well of this place? That I haven't seen a familiar face yet? Maybe it speaks too well. Maybe this product is so good. Uh, pardon me. That people don't want to sully that first impression. Welcome. Welcome to the Jefferson Avenue Way Station, home of Mac Adams beer and uh, the coffee table books uh, that you'll see strewn about. It is their home too. It isn't my home. I have a home more suited to uh, human habitation than this. Uh, but I do spend an equal amount here as I do at my home, as most people do most of their life. They will, well, that's not strictly speaking true. If a person can uh, eke out their life spending eight hours in a single workday, or nine hours as it usually is the case, they will often spend the rest of the day at home just they're not really spending it, are they? They're spending that time out of consciousness, which I've said to previous people is akin to death. You know, it's also akin to death, or close to death, halfway to death. And death is, as we've all agreed, an enviable station. It is something, it is that prize in which the intermediate is unacceptable. The untenable part of death is the process of death, though it is the finest prize. I'm sorry, I, I was reading right out of the tabletop book right here. Um, this is, uh, he was is a little known author who was uh, shortly after the time of Shakespeare who tried to pretty much copy all of his work. He didn't do a very good job. He, as a matter of fact, didn't even speak in the Queen's English. He spoke in what later became American English, which then became British English, English, excuse me, became British English, and then became American English again. But I'm glad you came here. I'm glad you were here right now and not later because you are here to witness a new product I'm selling here. See that? I got a knife. Oh, that seems a bit threatening. Believe me, look, look at this knife. This knife is made for nothing more than chopping onions, and chopping onions it shall do. Oh, some people don't like that smell of a freshly cut onion. Me, I think, well, I don't produce enough um, tears as it is. Now I could see something horribly sad, and I often do th see things that are horribly sad, and I won't cry. And it's like being force-fed an incredible amount of water and not being able to urinate, which is often the case for people with uh, inflamed uh, prostates, as is the case with humanity as a whole. This whole human race has an inflamed prostate, and the urine 
is just stocked up very high, very uh, up to where people say, oh, my, uh, my tongue is floating or my teeth are floating, which is suggesting that not only are you so full of urine that it has reached the back of your throat, but also your teeth have become unmoored in their roots. And that is a, that is a whole separate issue besides your need to urinate. Listen, your need of urination uh, becomes imperative once your bladder is at capacity. You can't go beyond that. The water cannot return from whence it came. No, like it, it, it's not going to go backwards. The, the, the exit is sealed or the entrance is sealed. Literally, the, the body has an ability to heal over that passage. And then every time that the bladder needs to be filled up again, it cuts through the flesh. It cuts through the mucosa and leaves a raw wound that water flushes through. And a little bit of urine gets into the bloodstream and cleans out the, uh, cleans out the arterial walls. Uh, there's a there's a saying in Britain that says your your blood is full of piss and uh, it's actually a compliment. It means that your body is working very well. Uh, some people believe uh, now I'm done cutting onions here. <coughs> some people believe that it is a remark on a person's heritage. I disagree. I think it is a compliment on someone's incredible health and the efficacy of their bodily functions. Some people would say efficiency, but I prefer to uh, speak like uh, Baron Munchausen from the Terry Gilliam film. Why? It wasn't an underrated film, of course. No, that film was rated as it, I would say properly. It was very properly filmed. If anything, that film was known more uh, for its accidental amount of nudity than anything else. People forgot the, the, the giant ship passing through uh, caves and between dimensions. And all they remember is uh, Uma Thurman probably doing more than she had con contractually agreed upon. Some people revel in that. I dearly hope that that is something she agreed upon and she was comfortable doing with, because if not, I think Terry Gilliam has much, much to answer for. And maybe has more to answer for. There may be a scandal, a, uh, oh, a delicious Hollywood scandal that no one knows about or that I don't know about. And things that I don't know, they are tantamount to things that nobody knows, at least in my eyes. I and myself are, is an entire world. That wasn't really grammatically correct at all, was it? I'm sorry. There are times in which I begin to pontificate and turn into an insufferable pedant. And, uh, my way of speaking sharply degrades 
And then I realized I was, I was looking at my watch this whole time uh, because every second of consciousness is agony. And I realized that I didn't, I haven't served you beer in these eight minutes. And you've been sitting there looking at me, pleading with me, with your eyes saying, I am dying of thirst. And I say to you, you are not dying in the way that we agree upon. We don't agree that dying means the ongoing process of life. It means immediate death. Now, do you want to bring on immediate death? Well, I have an answer for you. Mac Adams beer. Let me uh, bring the meniscus up. Oh, I love saying meniscus so much. All right. Oh, yeah. You remember, or you don't remember because you're new here. These are my little plastic indestructible cups. Or indestructible, as I say. Different than indestructible because they can, in fact, be destroyed. Indestructible means they can't be destrushed, which is like distressed and destructed at the same time. Now, I didn't place that right in front of you because I have confidence in your feats of locomotion. You can carry yourself to this counter. I've promised myself that I wouldn't climb over this counter anymore. Why? Well, there was a time long, long past in which I did that. I clambered over this thing. Oh. I, I bought one of those, uh, those bird sound clocks recently. Um, because I, I saw the Black Mirror episode with the uh, clock, and I thought, sometimes I feel like I am an imprinted artificial intelligence rather than a human being, and I am trapped in a sort of Arctic hell, a little Arctic hell cabin, which I cannot destroy that playing uh, little radio. And I, will, and I will be swimming in an eternity of blaring uh wow you know the uh the colloquial term for christmas time has eluded me and i don't think it'll ever return to me well it will return to me but it won't return to me in the context in which it was needed i'll say oh yuletide and then i won't remember what i was talking about and people will say, what do you mean by that, Yuletide? I'll say, well, it was significant in my past, the Yuletide. And they'll say, well, it is significant in all of our pasts. Christmas in Western civilization is somewhat of a mainstay. Except if uh, you're Jewish, and which Christmas is also a mainstay, probably. It's, it's hard to avoid Christmas. Christmas is somewhat akin to a cataclysmic event. It's like a volcanic eruption. It's like if the core of your planet, of your home planet, was suddenly replaced with hydrogen gas. You ever wonder, as a child, what would happen if a huge cave were formed in the mantle that was just purely hydrogen gas? I would spend hours just wondering, just thinking like, 
I could probably, if I had telekinetic teleportation abilities, I could supplant all of that nickel and iron with just a big bubble of just the most basic matter. And what would happen? Well, I think the earth would go kablooey. I, that's what I said as a child. I, I, I asked my mother and she couldn't give me a satisfactory answer. So I supplied it myself. I said, I think the earth would go uh, kablooey. And she, well, she agreed, but she wasn't all that thrilled about it. You know, I think she was, she was actually, uh, because I was, uh, I was innocently uh, entertaining this idea. But she was truly concerned about it. She didn't want to raise a child in a, in a world in which the earth might go kablooey. And uh, when I presented this possibility to her, she regretted it. She regretted hearing it. She thought maybe I should not have, have had this child because now this child has introduced to me this grim idea. That's why you have children to introdu introduce new ideas to this world. If I ever have children, they'll, I, well, I, th I thought I have imagined anything, everything. I've, I really do believe that I have in my shortish life imagined every single possibility. But if I, if I have children myself, I'll be proven wrong. Those children will introduce ideas to me that no one's ever thought of. And that will bowl me over as I'm slicing pears for their lunch to put into a Tupperware container and send them to preschool. They will tell me that, well, Dad, what if lava rains from the uh, hole in the roof? And the house starts filling up with lava. And we can't escape because lava's pulling on the ground outside. What are we going to do then? And I'll grasp my head and think, I don't know. We can't just accept our deaths. That is against our function as living beings. Now, that's not speaking, strictly speaking true. There are animals who commit suicide for no altruistic purpose. And there are animals who just cease to live. They will, they will flip the internal switch and flip over, literally, because they are beetles. They'll flip on their back and curl their legs around them like a mummy, like a, like a mummy in a sarcophagus curling into itself because the bones are drying and they're becoming less and therefore becoming smaller. <clears throat> I didn't mean to start growling my voice uh, with the seriousness of that matter, but uh, my throat was filling up with mucus uh, because, uh, uh, you know, the dryness of the, the city air. The city air is so dry that um, my body attempts to protect me from it by filling it, by filling itself up with slime. Speaking of slime, do you want another cup of that? Here, let me get that for you. Now, I remind everybody who comes in here that each glass is $10. And someone brought it up to me that most bars do not charge $10 
per pint of beer. As a matter of fact, that's usually considered to be a rather expensive glass of beer. And I said, well, sure, I mean, but this is very potent beer. And some of the person said, well, yes, but other bars will sell a very potent beer for $8 a pint. And you are selling a very potent beer $10 a shot. And I thought to myself, well, well, shoot, I suppose that's not fair to my customers, but this is really the only way I can make a profit. You see, I, I um, have relatively high demands for myself. I, I, matter of fact, I cannot live without the money that I would make that way. Also, I don't have a whole many customers. This bar, what you are paying for is not just beer. And it's not just my company. It is this quiet, dark, lonely, thoughtful place. You're not going into the din of mindless chatter. You are coming down here, down several flight of steps, where the, the water and the air settles and where the algae forms on the wall and where the, the gunpowder grows as crystals from this masonry. So that every time you step with your iron-toed shoes, you strike a spark and green flames shoot out. And then you take off your hooded uh, robe, your hooded cloak, and you set down your, your traveler's cane and order yourself a glass of aged imperial stout that's been kept in an oak cask in a vast cellar where the, the kegs line an un, immeasurably long hall lit by candles. Is that all there's in there? Yes, it's just Mac Adams beer for miles. Miles there and miles down deep in the earth. If you go any further down, you will strike magma. However, it's very cold down there. There's the paradox. Why? Because there is a another vast vacuum-filled geode. A bubble of nothing right below, and it forms a sort of Dewar flask so that no heat can uh, make its way to those casks by convection. Now, I'm no geologist, but I feel that I can go down to that cellar, look around, and assess this as the case. I have not bored into that bubble at all nor have I sent any radar signals to verify this. Well, the reason being is that if I bored into it, I would let gas into that bubble. And then, well, it wouldn't be a vacuum anymore. Heat would begin to convect from the base of that bubble into the room with all the casks. And then what would happen? Well, everything would collapse 
uh, this whole bar like lava would leak into the bar i would be set afire and people i don't think that people could walk into this bar with such a feeling of security and quiet and peace anymore they would say do you want to go to mac adams beer and their friend would say no you know you'd have to step over little stepping stones in a pool of lava you'd have to you have to handle the peril at every moment while you were trying to find peace no let's go to let's go to the bakery across the street and have a cup of coffee and a scone and here i am just slowly burning to death hoping that people won't mind the warm beer I don't want to give warm beer. I want to give room temperature beer. Unfortunately, the temperature of this room has risen unacceptably. It's become unacceptably hot in this room. Actually, no, it hasn't. I'm still in the hypothetical of this situation. Things are still somewhat habitable for now, but I have to protect that cellar. I have to keep it safe. Because those conditions are conditions that I rely on. You know what? You might be the first person ever to ask for a third glass of beer. I can't give you a third glass because these are plastic cups. Remember? Ooh. All right. Here, let me, let me pour you. I won't make a silly sound like that again. There you are. Now, do you have $30 or more in cash on you. Oh my goodness, you do. Excuse my, uh, excuse my excitement there. Most people nowadays do not have cash. They rely on the electronic banking system that's validated by plastic cards. And I have nothing against this method, but I uh, don't know how to set that sort of thing up. And I'm too shy to ask how. I don't know if you realize this, I'm somewhat of a shy person. I have to try to maintain all the systems in this establishment by myself and by my own means because I'm not comfortable letting people in and uh, sitting to work in my own place of work. I'm the only person that may work here. Even the man who comes in here to place kegs below this station, I have to tell them to leave immediately or purchase a glass of beer. And they say, no, I don't need to purchase a glass of beer. I make that beer myself. I could have a glass anytime I want, but I am temperate. I don't drink ever. I'm a, I'm a 12th day Adventist. I don't have anything that's any sort of sweetness or, or any sort of joy whatsoever. And I will, in my life, never have sexual intercourse. And I say, well, good for you. May you find meditation and peace and prosperity and enlightenment, the likes of which the, the Gautama Buddha never saw in himself. Even the Bodhisattva who brought Buddhism over to China through that past in the Himalayas, he won't know the ascetic pain that you went through. He won't understand, well, he, he won't understand because he's not alive anymore. He presumably did this. He presumably created the religion of Chan Buddhism uh, 
thousands of years ago. And if, you know, the teachings are to be believed, he's alive still in a spiritual sense, the way everybody is. Uh, but he has likely been integrated into the whole of the human consciousness. He's probably not an individual anymore. Now, when you think about it, this is not even, strictly speaking, fallacious, even from a scientific standpoint. What is your consciousness at all? Is it a thing or is it a representation? Well, it's, I don't know what it is, but it is made up of something and nothing can be destroyed. And those, that thing that, uh, that seems to go away when you die, it's just dispersed. It's just going in many different directions, really becoming one with everything. And that's what happens when you think, when you think, oh, the annihilation draweth near because everyone who's near death begins to speak in Elizabethan language, thanks to Shakespeare. When you think that that annihilation comes close to you, it's not annihilation. It's what happens to water when it goes into a sponge. You're being wiped clean by the, the sponge of inevitability. Now what the Mac Adams beer does is it just dabs at the stain that is your consciousness. We, this world is a, is a fly-specked flaking wall, and each speck is a person. And death, just death will clean that wall eventually. But right now it's being ginger about it. It's just going bit by bit, dabbing here and there. And it's not really quite able to keep up with the new amount of specks. The specks form faster than death can dab them away. But eventually death is going to be very impatient and start scrubbing here and there. It's going to throw water everywhere. It's going to take a buffer and just wipe it clean. And then there'll be a seemingly a perfectly clean wall, but the specks will all be tiny, impossible to see. Did that make you fearful, what I just said? That, that was just a metaphor. It meant nothing. It meant nothing at all. It had no bearing on our fate as a species. It just, it was something I said. I say a lot of things that don't happen. Tomorrow I'll have a million dollars. Well, if I have a million dollars tomorrow, I know what that means for humanity, you know? That will be the death knell. That will be one one million dollars I won't want to have. Well, I believe it's coming close to closing time. You see, you came right on the mark of uh, uh, 2.30. And I like to keep this place open during the day because I am averse to indoor lighting. I, I like to keep this place lit purely from the bluish light that comes in. Oh, there goes my phone. I'm going to have to get that thing replaced and fixed. I was distracted. Well... Thank you for paying for your drink. It's a rare thing. And uh, thank you for not giving up on your hope for this. I was going to say nation, but no, not this nation. Well, the nation that is humanity.
Don't give up hope on our dominion as a species. And have a good night.